This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Americans should be expecting to pay high power bills this winter, as demand for natural gas has spiked globally, leading to a crunch in domestic supply. That's according to new data from the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, and it comes after the latest numbers from the Energy Information Administration say the U.S. may be paying the highest winter heating bills in decades. President Joe Biden has been focused on trying to lower gasoline prices ahead of the midterms, but this fresh data highlights how the U.S. is still at the mercy of trends in global energy markets through what's looking to be a cold and dark winter. So today, Politico's Catherine Morehouse and I talk about why natural gas prices are rising, the options Biden has at his disposal in the short term, and the long-term solutions being discussed by FERC. It's Monday, October 24th. So, Kat, we got some new data from FERC last week in the Energy Information Administration recently about the rise in natural gas prices expected this winter. So what's the main takeaway for consumers and where will they feel the biggest pinch? So on the positive side of things, there seems to be generally adequate generation to meet winter demand, meaning there aren't huge reliability issues for this winter, assuming kind of weather stays mild. But that's kind of where the good news ends. There's also not necessarily enough generation for some regions if they see an extreme cold spike of some sort. So you're seeing potential reliability issues as well as higher prices because of high natural gas prices. And how do people use natural gas? It doesn't seem as visible as gasoline. So where might people feel a pinch? Yeah, so natural gas is an interesting one during the winter months. Traditionally, natural gas has been used for home heating, but in recent years, we've seen a really big boom in natural gas used for electricity generation. So in regions like the Northeast, in particular, where the region is really reliant on natural gas as an electricity source, but doesn't have enough pipeline infrastructure to make it work on both ends, make it work for heating and electricity, then you see these really big constraints during the winter time where gas is prioritized for home heating, and then all of a sudden you have kind of a supply crunch for electricity. Interesting. And so what's driving the rise in natural gas prices? The biggest thing that's driving the rise in natural gas prices is an increase in U.S. exports. With Russia's war in Ukraine, we are seeing a really increased demand in natural gas, specifically imported LNG from Europe, meaning that the U.S. needs to export a ton of its supplies, and that tightens the domestic supply of fuel. And in comparison, we're not seeing kind of a proportionate production uptick. All of that being said, kind of the domestic supply for liquefied natural gas is supposed to be a little bit tighter and therefore prices are supposed to be higher. Gotcha. So we've seen President Joe Biden take a very visible role in trying to combat high gasoline prices. I don't know if natural gas is the same. It probably seems like it isn't. But I mean, what options does he have in his toolkit to fight high natural gas prices, at least in the short term? Biden does not have a lot of options for blunting the rising costs of natural gas. He has different tools for oil, that, as we've seen in the past, but for liquefied natural gas, it's just much more of a, you're much more at the mercy of kind of the global markets here. 
And so the president and his administration are just much more limited in what they can do. Right. And we know in the FERC meeting, there was a discussion around potential causes and some disagreement on that. And it's something that FERC has been debating. So are there any long-term solutions that FERC is looking at or any that you see out there more broadly? Definitely. So this is one of those questions where it certainly depends on who you ask. Chairman Richard Glick, when he talks about the problem in New England in particular, he says, you know, this is an issue where this region is simply too reliant on natural gas. And that's something a lot of other folks say in the region, too, is we really need to diversify. It just doesn't make sense to be this reliant on this on this one fuel that's very volatile and has had all these problems. Commissioner Danley has said that FERC is kind of part of the problem here. By not approving pipeline projects and LNG projects quickly enough, the commission is contributing to this problem and contributing to the U.S. not having enough infrastructure to support huge exports abroad as well as enough domestic fuel at home. And what Chairman Glick says in response to that is basically when FERC in the past has approved pipelines at a more rapid clip, then many of those projects weren't even able to be finalized because ultimately FERC didn't stick to its responsibilities under the Natural Gas Act and the federal courts have kicked those cases back to FERC. And then one other complaint that folks have is, well, maybe this is part of the energy transition moving too fast. You know, we're seeing coal plants retire at a pretty rapid pace and have for several years. And so that kind of decreases the diversity of resources. And then, of course, on the other side of that debate is, well, maybe we increase the number of renewable resources, increase battery storage and offshore wind and bring those kinds of resources onto the grid to diversify better. So I do think diversification, there's a solid argument for that, but it's kind of, do we keep the old resources online or do we build new resources to make up for it and fix the problem? Also, on Friday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit rejected a lawsuit brought by Missouri and a dozen other Republican-controlled states seeking to block Biden's social cost of carbon. That figure is used to estimate climate change-related costs and benefits of federal regulations, and this new rule marks the second red state lawsuit against the regulatory metric to fall short. Missouri, along with other states, had argued the metric violated the separation of powers and administrative procedures. Moving forward, the Biden administration is working on an update that's expected to increase the value of the social cost of carbon, but that update has been delayed for unexplained reasons. A spokesperson for Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt has told Politico that his office is reviewing the decision and deciding whether to appeal. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com rng.